Worship at Home Sunday the 2nd of January 2022 Epiphany Our Bible reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star, that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped, over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with, mother, his, with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2. Verse 11 says this, On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Upon this verse alone, a lot has been built. Much of it, though, is folk theology, if you like. The story of the wise men, or magi, or astrologers coming to visit Mary is an important part of our cultural understanding of Jesus' birth. But one thing is clear, these men weren't kings, as they're often depicted in school nativities with their crowns on their heads. There isn't actually any reason to believe there were three of them either. In fact, some biblical scholars suggest there were likely to be several more. At very least, there would have been a whole retinue of people travelling with them. We only know from our Bible passage that there were three gifts, which is why we take it as three travellers. And there were three different gifts, but nowhere does it 
outnumber those men. I don't bring that up to make some grand theological point, just to remind us of how often we what what we read in scripture, we also read into scripture, and it can be difficult to unpack centuries of tradition. Many legends, carols, art have been built around these mysterious men and their gifts. Almost all of it really is speculation. If you look at the words of the passage again, it doesn't tell us very much. And the traditional interpretation of the gifts they bring is pretty much spelled out if you look up Yahoo Voices article online. It goes something like this. Gold, a gift for royalty, acknowledging that Jesus was of royal line. Frankincense, an expensive incense that was burned as part of worship in the temple. This signifies Jesus' divinity. And myrrh, an expensive oil used for perfume. Myrrh was most commonly used among wealthy Jews as an anointing oil for the head. Thus, the myrrh is seen as a foreshadowing of Jesus' death and a reminder of his mortality. Well, while this explanation fits nicely into popular modern Christian theology, I'm not sure it actually has a lot of historic merit. If we think about it really, how would strangers from the East have known Jewish ritual customs of the temple and chosen their gifts accordingly? And There's nothing in this that tells him that they were worshipping him as a deity, only recognising his kingship. Instead, they paid him homage. And the idea that they bring a gift as a foreshadowing of his death and reminder of his mortality, well, isn't every baby or young child mortal? Why would they need to bring something to remind him that he would someday die? At one time, frankincense was apparently the most valuable commodity on earth. It was used as an eyeliner by Egyptians. There's not much symbolic value there. A number of, for a number of years, my uncle sent amusing Christmas cards to us based on the nativity. They made us laugh so much that we had them put in a frame together and enjoyed to put the cheeky pictures out each year. One of them shows the Magi arriving, kneeling before the Christ child in his mother's arms and offering gold, frankincense and myrrh and some soothing cream for those painful cracked nipples. <laughs> the funny thing was that this year I found an article that seemed to suggest the joke is not entirely far off the mark. Frankincense and myrrh have been used for medicinal purposes for over 5,000 years in places like India and Saudi Arabia. I don't pretend to know anything about those medicinal purposes. But there are several websites where you can find articles extolling the virtues of these ancient oils and resins. What seems clear here then is that the men from the East might have understood these two gifts to have medicinal value. They came knowing that they were looking for a child. Mary had given birth to a son and giving birth, particularly in those days, is messy and dangerous. Even today, a mother dies in childbirth once every two minutes. In many parts of the world, it is still the most dangerous thing a woman can do. 
According to Luke, the gospel writer, Mary had given birth in a stable, surrounded by animals with no midwife. She gave birth in what would have been considered, even then, deplorable conditions. In many respects, it's a miracle of Christmas that Mary survived. So, to a modern reader, the gifts of the Magi may seem strange and impractical. To explain these particular gifts, many have actually placed these dubious symbolic meanings on them. But in fact, it may be likely that these gifts were extremely practical. Notice that Matthew is saying the Magi saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down. These gifts might have saved Mary and indirectly Jesus himself. We know that they came some time later when Jesus was possibly a toddler rather than a newborn, but it's still a precarious time of life for mothers and children living without good medicinal care in first century Palestine. We would be wise to take note that the gifts were also an act of valuing the life of women. This act of gift-giving is a reminder of how important a mother is to a child. Epiphany, then, is a time when we can remember the gifts of the Magi by thinking about the needs of mothers in dangerous and precarious situations, women trying to care for their children in war-torn areas, those living in poverty or parts of the world affected by drought, food shortage, political oppression and imprisonment. Even closer to home, there are also mothers in need. In the last year, I began a postnatal support group for mums. They've been through extraordinary experiences, giving birth sometimes in hospitals without their partners or other family members there because of the coronavirus. It can be very difficult to come to terms where their expectation of motherhood has been upended because their babies haven't got to see other babies for months of their life. Now, I always like to finish sometimes with a call to action. And perhaps the new year is a particularly good time to do this. So while we can't all go out easily seeking mothers and children in dire need or danger, we can offer them a gift, not gold, frankincense or myrrh, but the gift of prayer. We can also pray for missionaries and medical services that do go out in the world offering practical care, and for groups that can provide financial help for those most in need. The Magi offer us a great deal to think about. They are not just a strange group cast in mystery and tradition, bringing gifts that hold no meaning for us today. They are a symbol of the practical gifts of time, prayer and love that we can offer to the most vulnerable in our societies, near and far. Amen. And so let us have a time of prayer, during which you may want to light a candle, take a moment of quiet to just remember the Lord's presence with you at the time and space where you're listening to this, knowing that although we are in different times and spaces, 
God joins us together in his love and grace as we pray. Today, the wise men knelt before our Saviour. Let us also kneel to worship him with great joy and to make our prayer to his heavenly Father. Father, the wise men came from the east to worship your Son. Grant to Christians everywhere a true spirit of adoration. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, your Son is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Grant us an abundance of peace to your world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, the Holy Family shared the life of the people of Nazareth. Protect in your mercy our neighbours and families, together with the whole community of which we are part. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, your son was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. Show your love for the poor and powerless, and strengthen all who suffer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, the wise men presented to your Son gold, incense and myrrh. Accept the gifts we bring and the offering of our hearts at the beginning of this new year. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, you are the King of heaven the hope of all who trust in you. Give to all the faithful departed the wonders of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Rejoicing in the fellowship of wise men, shepherds and angels, and of the blessed Virgin Mary and Saint Joseph, we commend ourselves and all Christian people to your unfailing love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the Collect for Epiphany. O God, who by the leading of a star manifested your only Son to the peoples of the earth, mercifully grant that we, who know you now by faith, may at last behold your glory face to face. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. And we share together in the words that our Saviour taught us, saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And a blessing for Epiphany. May God the Father, who led the wise men by the shining of a star to find the Christ, the light from light, 
lead you in your pilgrimage to find the Lord. Amen. May God, who has delivered us from the dominion of darkness, give us a place with the saints in light in the kingdom of his beloved Son. Amen. May the light of the glorious gospel of Christ shine in your hearts and fill our lives with his joy and peace. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Worship at Home. If you would like to receive weekly links to my podcast by email, do get in touch at revlucylun at btinternet.com or send a message through Anchor Podcasts. Goodbye. <laughs>